<laughs> we work so hard to get stronger, happier, more productive and successful. Don't forget the secret ingredient. Get grounded in play. Play grounding when it's time to get a life. Hello and welcome back to Playgrounding. This is Kara Stewart Fortier. And instead of coming to you from the treehouse, I am at the Grand Sierra Resort Hotel in Reno, Nevada. I messed up. I didn't get all my work done before I left for Burning Man. I meant to leave two episodes in the hopper ready to be like automatically published. And I didn't quite get my act completely together. I'm actually already supposed to be out there. Um, last night, I just couldn't do it. I after the driving, after the running, after the errands, I just, I just said, "What do I need right now?" <laughs> and what I needed was a forty-four dollar a night room at the Grand Sierra for a little last sleep and shower before I go out there. I am exhausted. Um, and I'm recording this on this little crappy lapel mic that I brought for just sort of an audio diary I'm planning to do out there. So I apologize for the um, bad quality of this recording. Um, next week's intro will be the same because I'm going to be do the, doing the same thing right after this. But this particular episode is really, really special to me. Um, last week you heard from Sabrina Must, and we spoke about play and grief, and we went in some places that I didn't even know you could go with the concept of play, and I feel like that's really been the story of this entire podcast for me. I knew, I knew several years ago when I was kind of, I guess I was kind of a play intervention in my life. I just didn't even know it was a thing anymore, and you've heard me talk about this ad infinitum, but... I knew it was something special and I knew when I discovered the topic and realized that that was the thing I discovered out at Burning Man that year, I knew I really wanted to make it something that I do, that I talk about, that I champion. I wanted to talk to all these experts. I wanted to gather all this information. But in a moment like I had in the interview you're about to hear, and actually it's not really the full interview. This is actually a piece of the larger conversation I had with Sabrina Must that you heard the first part of last week. I just didn't feel like these two conversations had enough in common that it would have made sense for me to go back and um, put them together because there was just too much amazingness in what she was speaking about. I didn't want to sully it with kind of too many things, too many thoughts at once. So I'm going to share it with you this week. And it's not going to have your usual, hello, it's so nice to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, we're not going to say goodbye. It was so nice to you know, because we did all that last week. This is just going to be a little chunk of a conversation, about 20 minutes. And then I really want to share with you afterwards what it's done for me and what a series of different interviews over the past year have led me to and have made me want. And it's made me want to do something new in my life and I want to share that with you but I will after the conversation with Sabrina um, so here is my conversation with Sabrina Must regarding play and health and fitness and a whole slew of kind of more places that we went that were deeper than I thought we would go here you go here's Sabrina we've been doing a little bit of a series on fitness and the question is can fitness really be fun and 
yeah. given that there are some people, you know, and, and kind of the premise, and it's a big first for me to be as open and as vulnerable as I've been about this topic because I, I, I'm super sensitive about it. But I figured, like, I, I don't do video because I get a little nervous and I get self-conscious. Yeah. Um, I will, though. I am going – I'm working on it. I bought little things, whatever. Um, but – how do you how do you would you approach a person and i feel like there are a lot of parallels here with the conversation we were just having about grief how would you approach a person who kind of feels like my sedentary lifestyle has made me so inflexible i there's i don't even wouldn't even know where to start i will never get to this wonderful place of of whether it be thinness or physical ability what do you say to the person who feels kind of hopeless in that situation yeah so again it's rooted in fear, mm -hmm. right? Um, I also take a very empathetic view on when someone says to me, um, there was actually, I was on the beach a few months ago and I was like throwing the football with a buddy and his best friend was there. And if you saw this guy, like he's ripped. Like he goes to the gym every day. He's almost obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, I went to throw him the ball and he goes, no, 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 I don't play sports. And I was like, <laughs> literally I thought he was joking. And, and I was like, what? And he was like, I don't play sports. I don't like that. And I was like, all right. So it's not, it doesn't just, it's not a correlation between someone being fit and loving being, loving being active and playing sports and someone being unfit, quote unquote, or however you want to define that or, the, you know, societal um, definitions of fit and healthy and whatnot, but, and hating it. It's not, I know a lot of people that are active that don't enjoy it. Don't enjoy being active. Don't enjoy playing sports. I know a lot of people that um, don't have the greatest fitness level mm -hmm. and love it. And I know a lot of people in between. So for me, it's – I also come from the mindset of if I had to sit down and solve – I don't know. Like maybe now I would see it as like a challenge and kind of fun. But like if I had to solve a bunch of math problems or like when I was in school and I had to do a bunch of science labs, I didn't really enjoy it. I just wanted to finish it, get an A, <laughs> go to soccer practice. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I wanted, I rather have sat in English class than, than being in the science class. Mm -hmm. And so I do understand when people say, but I just don't enjoy it. Okay. There's, mm -hmm. and, and that's what makes humans beautiful. Like what I love shouldn't necessarily be what you love. So I do understand that, you know, that there's, there's tastes and, mm -hmm. and lifestyle choices. However, <laughs> it goes back to like, forget the playfulness of, of being physically active right now. And, and that being fun, mm -hmm. it still has to be at a place of, I still have to be healthy. Yeah. So I'm not healthy. If I don't feel good, I don't feel good about myself. I don't feel good about others. I'm not loving myself with what I'm eating, with what I'm doing, with how I'm sleeping. It just becomes a, it's, it's a health issue of if you're not healthy, mm -hmm. you're not the happiest version of you, period. Yeah. That, that's, that's chemical imbalance. That's everything. That's mm -hmm. how your body, like, are you going to the bathroom every day? Are you able to get up and, you know, I don't know, run with your kids down the street? Whatever it is, mm -hmm. it always comes back to forget, do you enjoy it or not? There's a innate human connection to our bodies that we must have. And if we don't have it, mm. 
it's not about enjoying it or not. It's a necessity. So taking all that Mm -hmm. and then sticking on the playfulness of it, I don't agree with, you know, listen, I remember in college, I I trained a lot. I I played soccer for a couple years, but more than anything, I would train because I had knee surgery going into college. Mm -hmm. And it was, I was obsessively focused on being able to play sports like I could again. Mm -hmm. But I would watch like girlfriends or just girls or I didn't, I didn't even have to know them Mm -hmm. and some boys do. It wasn't just the girl thing, but like, you know, be on these machines for an hour, like the elliptical and they hated it, but they had to do it because it was going to make them skinny. It was going to make them miss. And it was going to, you know, it's like you realize that, you know, there's so many other things to do hiking you can walk up a goddamn mountain instead of sitting on a machine in a gym staring at a wall yeah if you enjoy doing that like truly enjoy it go for it Mm -hmm. there's days when you know i was in wyoming i worked out in a gym once i I don't i don't belong really to a gym gym Mm -hmm. but it's fun to me sometimes because you you play with this you play with that you do jumps whatever it's a one you know once every three months kind of thing but to do that every day Mm -hmm. Again, it negates what the whole idea of like being playful and healthy is like what the intention is to again, feel good. Mm -hmm. I'm, if I'm not enjoying it, I'm not going to do it. It, I Mm -hmm. mean, that's pretty much like, that's how I am with work. That's how I am with friends, how I am with relationships. It's how I am with, with active stuff. Mm -hmm. And so when someone comes to me, like when I was running the boot camp, and someone would come to me and say, I just hate. I hate running. <laughs> I don't really want to run either. It hurts my knee. I, I don't, you know, sometimes it feels okay and it can be exhilarating in its own way. But like, so what, let's figure out what you would do. You do enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that there becomes something when you're so sedentary. Um, it's inertia. You're used to it. Your body, your, um, your chemicals and everything is naturally depressed. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it does kind of take a little like kick in the ass just to get moving. Yeah. You feel good. Like, well, that, that spin goddamn hard. And I might probably never do that again, but at least I feel that like high, mm-hmm. that, that endorphin rush. All right. What do I enjoy doing? Maybe it's bicycling outside or maybe it's dance class. It's hip hop. Like whatever it is, I just think it always comes back to, I have to move, you have to move your body. Yeah. Like everyone does. It, it's not, it's not a skinny thing. I, yes, of course. Like you want to look good and, and feel sexy. And it might be, you know, to, to one woman, it might be, she wants to look more voluptuous and this mm-hmm. woman might want to look more skinny or whatever it is, whatever they have in their head. But it always comes down to like, when women say, like, I, I see this, you know, I, I see it as like a, you know, well, I'm not working out. I'm like, Okay, this is not about a skinny fat thing. This is about a health thing. And if you're not healthy, mm-hmm. nothing works right. Yeah. Like nothing. Like work is going to be slow and mm-hmm. you're just, you're not you. And, yeah. you know, because I always go back to like we're organ, like we're living organisms. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And our, my- and our bodies actually start to grab onto the sedentariness. I mean, I know my family. We struggled with this. My parents worked so hard. Like they never, they never really had time to do anything for themselves. They didn't, you know, really, that wasn't a lifestyle that I saw um, 
as much because we were just they were working constantly they were they were never home um I mean, they were home, like we were together, but we were always out doing things. And, um, you know, working in the church, it's one of the things that you do, you pretty much spend your life there. And I'm not saying that that was a bad thing. It's just that we kind of had the mindset that someday when they retire, we're going to go for walks. Someday we're going to do these things. And then what ends up happening is when you're, when you aren't healthy, your body starts to have things happen that make it harder and harder and harder with each year as it goes by makes it harder to get up and do things to finally take that walk and you know if your knees go or you know they've had blood clots or different things happen so it's I'm seeing the the urgency of it um in myself now and I and I so that's why I wanted to explore it here because I have hated it so much (laughs) so I mean so hearing these these things and having these conversations you're almost become even more on resistant to it yes and it becomes that becomes the like status quo Mm -hmm. i it's too hard to change Mm -hmm. so you just stick in it yeah and it if that becomes normal Mm -hmm. and comfortable Mm -hmm. and it changes hard sometimes but it just comes you know i i I, I do understand because I think about it in, 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 uh, in it could be another way. Like if, if being, if surfing was terrible for me, <laughs> like say like in theory, like in, like theoretically, yeah. if surfing was a terrible thing, but I loved doing it, mm-hmm. it would be very hard to convince me not to oh. because I like, wow, I just, but I love being in the water. Like <sighs> it's so good. And that's what feels right. And, and so you become resistant to it. Mm-hmm. And, and so on, you know, I, I just, again, it always comes back to, you have to almost like fight that inertia, fight what you're taught, mm-hmm. most likely because it was an inaccurate teaching. Mm-hmm. And, and when you become more connected to your body, mm-hmm. everything else falls into place. Wow. You're, you, when, when, Listen, I'm not a huge advocate of doing like, like you hear about all these cleanses and stuff. And I've done like a master cleanse. I wanted to see what it, how hard it would be and that kind of like years ago. Yeah. Um, I actually tried to do one just to like redo it like from nine, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. I literally, I, I lasted five hours. I was just like, <laughs> I need to eat. Like I'm losing weight here. Yeah. I was annoyed. I just, I just eat. But I, the benefit of it again it doesn't have to be a cle- like a strict cleanse it comes down you know how can you reprogram your thoughts in your body give your mm-hmm. body a chance to learn something new and to feel something it hasn't felt in a long time and that mm-hmm. might be you know every night you come home and you have an ice cream sundae and so that becomes the status quo of like well but i i feel fine and then as soon as you cut that out of your system for 2 3 4 weeks and then you you introduce it again oh my god i feel <laughs> terrible okay now i've retaught myself mm-hmm. you know how i'm really feeling same thing someone could say to me a thousand times i hear it all the time why don't you just start running you should you'd be a great runner why don't you run you know what? Because it messes up my IT band, my hamstrings pull. Instead of running, I'm going to surf. I'm going to go to yoga. I'm gonna, I'll even hike, whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's things that work for me mm-hmm. and there's things that don't work for me. And what works for me might not work for you. Yeah. So it, 
you know, it, and it's like fighting with what you think, what you've been taught is true. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I, I mean, I see it with my dad, like my dad's not very, in some ways he's healthy, but for the most part, he's very unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he uses food as comfort. He completely overeats and binges a lot. That's his, that's always been his go-to. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that was when, after Maya died, that's what I took on is like, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do with myself. So I started using, like, I would just eat. And I honestly, there was like, I remember once thinking, I, I can't get rid of these emotions. Like, it was like, I was so stopped. And I just it couldn't get rid of it. And I remember I've never been a drinker. I've never liked the taste. I've never had an interest in it. But I remember thinking, I wish I could just start drinking because this isn't working. I need to figure something out, you know. Mm. And it's just like a destructive. So it's figuring out. All right, what is what is your go to? Mm -hmm. And it might change over time. Now that's just that's just doesn't. I don't feel that need. Mm -hmm. I, I doesn't. You know, it might be a once a year thing where all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, like I'm not processing these thoughts and emotions and I just ate this or ate or did this or I just need to sit in this for a mm -hmm. second. And it's breaking that cycle of what we've been taught. Mm -hmm. And because again, like the ultimate state as a human is to survive, mm -hmm. you know, to, to feed yourself, to love and to play. Mm -hmm. like, it's very basic. Yeah. But we don't get a lot. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and I and I feel like, you know, we're kind of coming around full circle. You know, in the very beginning, we, we were talking about grief and we were talking about how we process and, and stuff things and, and don't want to talk about things and we're afraid to approach certain things. And, and the, some of our habits that we can get into when we don't, when we no, are not honest with ourselves can be really unhealthy and this is just one example and I've you know I've and it's hard to to come out of it but to entice ourselves out of that sedentariness or just the things that feel comfortable but yet might be killing us um play is so vitally important to give us something to look forward to I think the thing that I've learned the most from this so far, the series and some episodes that um, I've recorded recently is just, I didn't realize how many options there were out there for physical play. I had no idea. I didn't know what a Spartan race was. It just looked like something insane people did. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, Kara, like, if I really think about it, I could put on music and just sit here and dance and <laughs> For an hour yep, or 30 exactly. minutes or whatever and have that cardio verse or have <laughs> that people want to like experience. Yeah. It doesn't have to, we've prescribed it. And a lot of this is, you know, what is propagated on media and what we read and what, you know, oh, we see this on Instagram. We see this on Facebook. Oh, she said that she ate this and this and this. That's what I have to do. Well, again, like that's what works for her. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily work for me. Mm -hmm. If you're, you know, it, it might work for someone to go into the gym every single day and lift this much weight and do this many squats and eat this and this and this. <laughs> That's great. But that would kill me. That would kill <laughs> my spirit. Yeah. You know, like I, instead it's eating all these other things and doing all these other activities. And yeah. it's not something that like, 
again, it goes to self-discovery mm-hmm. and playing with yourself and figuring out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's really frustrating play. It's, you know, I got to try this. I got to try this. And I'm going to fail 15 times. But then on that 16th time, I figure out, oh, like that's what works for me. Yeah. And it's not, and no one can really do that work for you. That's Mm-mm. when it, that's same with grief. No one can grieve for you. Mm-mm. It's on, it's on you. It's on the individual person mm-hmm. to, to deal with it. Like to really dive in and figure out like, you know, all right, like how can I process these emotions and, and, and all the emotions? It's not, you know, you, you might be pissed. Like there was moments and even still now sometimes it, it creeps up. Like I'm just fucking pissed off at the world hmm. about my sister, you know, like, you know, I was, I'm very angry with her ex-husband and, and very, you know, I'm angry with her and, you know, and there was a lot that you have to process and, and I could, again, it goes to play a lot of the times where it allows me to let go of some of that because it is really just emotion that needs to like process through your body. Yeah. It's, Hey, instead of eating this whole pizza or whatever, or instead of drinking this whole bottle of Jack Daniels <laughs> or instead of smoking this whole bowl, I'm going to go out for a roller skate and I'm going to go connect with my body and have some fun. And then hopefully by the time I come back in 30 minutes, I'll feel a little bit lighter and then go, Oh, that's because of this and this and this. And because I didn't just go and beat my body up with something negative and instead I gave it something that was positive, then you're not also dealing with the negative effects of that. Do you know Mm. what I mean? This cycle of like, well, I don't, remember why I was pissed off now I just feel like shit yeah (laughs) it's a cycle it just goes on and on and most people you know I I think that has become like it's the you have I mean I I see this all I mean I I I, all my most of my friends drink it's not like I I have a problem with it it's Mm -hmm. just a it's a reality Right. And it's okay, but there's a lot of friends that will go overboard, right? For whatever reason. They might be dealing with something. That's how they cope. Um, that's their own thing, right? Mm-hmm. But I would watch them. They would be so hungover, like on a Sunday morning. And then instead of going for a run or to yoga or to do something just to like reprogram that energy, mm-hmm. they go for greasy brunch and then sit all day on the couch and then have <laughs> another beer and then party all night. And it's like, all right, I get it. Like to you, like you could, you could say that's fun and that's, but that's not really playful. Mm -mm. That's not good for your body. There's no way to twist that to say that's what makes me feel most alive. Yeah. And actually alcohol is a depressant. And if after Mm -hmm. too much of it, it actually mimics actual depression. Um, It's, it's kind of scary. Yeah. That's, yeah, this I this is your my mind is blown right now with the the directions that we've gone and how they all fit together. Um, wow, you're I I do I think I, I'm really like deep deep down like at the core of me, everything is connected. Mm-hmm. And if again, it's like if I don't feel good, if I'm not feeding myself foods that work for me, I don't care. You can. You can judge it. You can say it's not enough of this. It's too much of this. It's not that, like, but I know what's making me feel good mm-hmm. because I felt really shitty in the past mm-hmm. and I never want to feel that way. Yeah. Right. And that's the benefit of someone that 
like go, going back to like, how do you get someone, how do you inspire them to, to get moving mm -hmm. in some ways, having been, been in that space, like if, 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 if someone is in that space where they're not taking care of themselves, mm -hmm. it's almost a positive. It's like, it's a positive to experience the really shitty parts of life because then when you feel really, really good, like as soon as you come out of that feeling like flu like symptoms, mm -hmm. you feel so amazing yes. and you feel like you have all this potential and you just want to like dance and run and scream. <laughs> and yeah. it's the same thing with, with, you know, coming out of grief, coming out of, um, you know, not feeling good from a night of partying, mm -hmm. um, figuring out what kind of fitness routine works for you, mm -hmm. figuring out what you want to do. You know, it's, they are so connected. And yeah. I just think that people really realize, you know, how they fuel them, like what they're eating, what they're doing, who they're seeing, what they're doing for work, who are they around? What are they reading? What are they listening? Like mm -hmm. it's constant stream that's dictating how we're like what's going yeah. on in life. yeah no so. that is that is incredibly yeah thank you and I feel like that's the thing as I'm, I'm hearing from all of you guys is that there's sort of something that I'm not experiencing right now with in my body but if I actually take these steps and I move out of this comfort zone I'm going to experience something brand new and that's and it's exciting and I, I want to I'm sharing the experience as I go. It doesn't mean I'm going to do every podcast episode on fitness going forward. It's probably going to be a while before I feel that way. But I've, I'm excited because I'm sharing with people like in your the vulnerability you show on your blog and the fact that I'm doing this with people and I'm getting feedback that other people feel this way. And I, I feel now I ca like I can step out and I just... I, I love that you guys are out there encouraging us and giving us, you know, the, 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 the hope that, yeah, we feel this way now, but take these steps, move forward, move out of the comfort zone, be real with yourself. Don't keep trying to cover things up um, and you will find something brand new. So I'm really yeah. grateful for this conversation. It's, um, it can be, and, and, and it goes back to like, it's not like some overnight thing. Mm -mm. It's as simple as, you know, all right, right now I have an hour. <laughs> what am I going to do with it? Am I going to sit and, and, and that, this being said, like, it's okay to sit and watch. I love watching a movie and whatever. But if my body like needs that burst of feel good hormones, mm -hmm. get my ass up, <laughs> go on my bike, toot around, watch the sunset, meet up with some friends, whatever it mm -hmm. is. It's just about, it's decisions. It's every day we're making constant decisions and it's, are you letting the day, are you like, are you owning the day or are you letting the day own you? Yeah. And <laughs> it's changing those patterns because yeah. it's like, like it, it's so ingrained. It's become, I've forced it to be so ingrained in me that there's just things that I do every day mm -hmm. without question. Yeah. And and forcing yourself out of like an old habit that doesn't serve you anymore, mm -hmm. it it's really it can be really fucking tough, but it's so worth it because yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh, like if you just got up and you went to a yoga class or whatever you're gonna do, mm -hmm. at the end of that you go, wow, I feel so good. I want to do this tomorrow. Yeah, you do it tomorrow, mm -hmm. and it stays. Whatever someone could say, oh, it doesn't matter. It's two days. Like. But then you do it the next day, and then you do it the next day, and then you know, and then it becomes routine. 
Okay, I'm back. Um, and instead of my usual like silly outro with the funny music, I decided to do something on this episode that I never do. Um, along with having a horrible audio quality, I can hardly stand that I'm talking into this lapel mic. Sound like I'm in a tin can, but actually I am in a hotel room. I'm just about to go onto the playa. So what I wanted to do is I'm, I'm kind of taking things that I've learned from different people on this podcast over the past year and a half, some specific episodes to come come to mind that I want to draw your attention to. My first one with Megan Sad, it was one of the first people I interviewed, a really good friend of mine, another reason why I learned about play in the first place. Um, she does the 100 Days of Play, and she started doing that in response to her battle against depression and anxiety. I didn't relate to the depression side of it as much, but I definitely related to the anxiety side, and I definitely saw the power of play at work and in her life, and I saw how it was, it was, it enabled her to deal with her medications differently. It helped her in different places, and over the past year and a half, I've seen the ups and downs, and I've seen, I've, I've really marveled at how powerful of a, I don't even want to call it, it's not a medication, she's not a doctor, she's not telling you to do anything like that, but how powerfully play has affected her life when she makes the choice to make play her primary. And I'm actually going to see her out in the dust in a couple of days. She's pregnant and about to pop. Um, some people think it's crazy she's out there, but being at Burning Man this year is what she wants to do. And that's actually helped lift her spirits and it's helped make her pregnancy a joy. Um, so if anyone wants to argue with that, go good luck having a conversation with her about it because she is, I've witnessed how much play has helped her in her life. Another conversation um, along similar lines, um, a conversation with Ben, um, the, the flying raccoon in the UK. We talked about adults and play, he's a play coach. He introduced me to the 100 Days of Play, which I've recently talked about starting back up again. And if you subscribe to my email list, which you can do on playgrounding.com, you will hear you'll <laughs> about how I've kind of fallen on my face a little bit in my attempt at the 100 Days of Play. Um, but that I've made a choice not to go back and try to fix it and try to start over and pretend I can do it all perfectly. No, I'm, I'm just going to deal with this 100 Days of Play as I, as I go. And some of those days are dark for reasons I will explain in a moment, um, meaning that I didn't play. Um, and yeah, th that's where I'm going next. Um, another set of conversations we've been having. I'm gonna with Brian Bristol. We talked about health and fitness. One specific was the one we had with my personal trainer JJ. Um, me and Brian. We talked with her. Um, Brian and I. Whatever. Um, I am. I am my own grammar police. Uh, they really, really got me talk, thinking about the depth of how the relationship with my body works and how we can, is it play, is it just getting back to zero, um, just having all those conversations. That was in my last conversation with JJ because I had been seeing her a couple of times a week, every week since I did that interview and before, and I've really, really had an amazing time having someone who's practically a therapist um, be my personal trainer. She's She gets things about my struggles that I don't even get. She'll stop me in the middle of an exercise and go, there was a flash of something in your eyes. Do you want to talk about that? And oh, brother, um, 
sometimes the waterworks would come on and, you know, I'm sitting there in a gym, but it's the kind of gym where I feel like really comfortable and I can't even describe that's a whole nother topic. But, um, I've had to really come face to face with some of the reasons why my body has become how it is. And that brings me back to the conversation you just heard with Sabrina. Um, we all have our histories of the kinds of mechanisms that we use to survive, you know, to get through the day, to not fail at the things that we put our, put our minds to. Um, you all know, if you've listened to back episodes of this podcast, I had struggled with anxiety horribly for a while. And it was actually going on when I started this podcast. This podcast itself was a, an attempt on my part to do something despite the fact I had chronic anxiety. I needed to do something that brought me joy. I needed to do something that brought my skills together, my former marketing world. Um, I needed to feel good about something. And I have to say, you guys have really, really done that for me. I've really enjoyed doing this podcast, hearing your feedback, um, and one piece of feedback, there's one, I have two reviews right now on iTunes and one of them, I don't know who you are, but whoever you are, thank you. You talked about the, me being vulnerable and I didn't even really think I have been that vulnerable yet. I know I have, but I feel like what I'm about to start with this episode, <laughs> it's taking me to a new place. You see the chronic anxiety that I had when it was going on in the beginning and when I was first starting to have all these conversations I basically only had one medication. They wanted to put me on Lexapro, and as you know, I, I went and got my birth control device removed before I would start any of that medication because I just didn't want to start on something like that until I knew that there were no other possible reasons. And my chronic anxiety basically disappeared when I got the IUD removed, and I really want to say that out loud to as many women as who have really horrible anxiety issues or, or different kinds of mental health issues. Definitely, because the doctors won't always do it for you, uh, take your, your hormone issues into account before you go into great lengths and start on medications that are really hard to get on and get off. Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm just saying bring, the, bring up if you have any kind of birth control. Okay, done with my PSA. Anyway, but during the time that I had chronic anxiety, because I absolutely was not done with anxiety after that. It was just that the chronic element disappeared within a, a number of days. I still have anxiety. I didn't before all of that, really, but I have a lot of other life factors that probably play into it. A giant change of lifestyle, a new way of looking at work. I just got married. So yeah, I, I'm... I am making a shift in a, in a short period of time at an age when a lot of people don't make these kinds of huge shifts. So I think that anxiety is kind of it kind of makes sense for me to have anxiety. It's just that while I was experiencing chronic anxiety, I brought, I started using a coping mechanism that it was unhealthy. Uh, it's something that I absolutely love and recommend to everyone, and that is wine. I love wine. Um, I think most people love wine. I used to be a very immoderate wine drinker. I would have my glass of wine when I'd get home from work sometimes, but I, it never really occurred to me to keep that one glass going. And going and going. Um, but while I was having really chronic anxiety every single day, the only way sometimes I could find to bring myself into a relaxed and calm space where I could get work done, where I could feel 
better for a minute was if I'd have a couple glasses of wine. But then I would be like, oh good, I feel better. And it would be hard for me to not have the third or the fourth. And I started to get really unhealthy. And I hope you see where I'm going with this now that you've heard the conversation with Sabrina. I kind of got into a habit there. I didn't go back to, um, I didn't go back to, um, you know, the moderation I had in my previous life. I, I've enjoyed wine for years and years and years, and this was a this was a first for me, and it was embarrassing, and I was scared. I went to my doctor. I was like, I'm drinking more than I want to, and this is super weird. And they put me into um, some groups there at Kaiser that they have, which I'm grateful that they offer. Um, I didn't really feel like I understood what was going on. I I knew that I needed to tackle the anxiety too, and I needed to do that hand in hand. I I kind of decided then to take it in my own hands and start to work through my anxiety at the same time. And that was my path. Um, that was how I dealt with it. I think everyone gets their choice of how they work with it. Um, I didn't, I wasn't ready to go completely, like I'm never going to enjoy wine again for the rest of my life. And I swear, it's not even other liquor. It's just wine. <laughs> I mean, you could sit tequila in front of me all day long and I'm just not interested. People try to tell me because I I, I started gaining a lot of weight because wine was not only numbing me, it was increasing my body image issues because I was getting fat. I mean, I was gaining weight consistently over these last few years. I've recently started calling my belly my wine barrel because I realized that's where it's all coming from. Um... I, I was a moderate drinker and I was very perfectly happy with my fitness and my health and my, my eating. But after too much wine, you need to quote unquote put something in your stomach so that you don't feel sick. And I was, yeah, <laughs> never would it be something good for me. It was always something like ramen or something. So all of the problems that I was kind of dealing with kind of all came back around to wine. And there was something I had heard about a few years ago called moderation management. And it's a kind of an alternative to AA for people who really, really believe it's possible to get back to moderation. There are some people who don't believe that. And there are some people who abstinence for the rest of your life is literally the only way to go. And they teach that also in moderation management. Um, but I started going finally. I was really nervous. I didn't know what to think. I didn't want to go it's a real thing. It's like MM instead of AA. It's 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 a it's an amazing thing. If you haven't heard of it, look it up online. There's probably a meeting in your city. There aren't as many meetings, but they're amazing. And I sat around this table with people that I related to, and I realized, okay, there are tools here. I have a new toolbox. I have I've realized the problem. I'm, you know, trying to fix it. There are one of the tools that I'm going to be launching right now as of this recording is called a moderate 40, where you do 40 days following specific moderation guidelines. Some people do a complete abstinent 40, where you don't do, it's just called a 40, where you don't drink at all for 40 days. I'm starting off with a moderate 40, where I follow um, medical guidelines for what is okay for a female body of my age, and I don't waver from that for 40 days. And yeah, um, I tend to rebel against things that say, never again for the rest of your life will you have wine. Or, you know, I I love that this moderate 40 thing is, is, is a tool because it's definitely geared toward my personality. Um, so what I'd like to do, and the reason why I'm bringing this up, and Sabrina talks about this in the conversation you just heard, I've also had a hard time with my 100 days of play. 
And I decided to, okay, um, I'm going to combine my 100 days of play with my first moderate 40. Now I'm in the middle of my 100 days of play. And like I said, I'm not starting it over, I'm not pushing the reset button. Um, we don't get to push a reset button on life. So when we start these weird diets and for 30 days I'm gonna do blah, 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 and then you mess up four days in, you start over and start over and start over. And some people will just never ever make it to the end of that and then we feel bad. I'm still gonna keep this little challenge for myself going. And you know what, I messed up part of it and that's okay. I'm still in the middle of my 100 days of play. I'm starting my moderate 40 today. Um, I think, and I may fail, I may mess up, I may fall on my face, um, but I think that if I am able to see anxiety, if I'm able to feel the anxiety, I, I, I've, I've spent quite a lot of time dealing with my anxiety through cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, a book called You Are Not Your Brain by Dr. Brian Schwartz has been a huge thing for me. Um, really learning how to talk to myself in moments of anxiety, of, oh, just, oh, brother, the things I could tell you, but I've been learning about it. Um, I really do believe I have the tools accessible to me. I have the support accessible to me to get a handle on it. And I think there are, and there are people I've met in, in the group who are just on moderate 40s or they're on 40s indefinitely until they feel like they can even touch a drink again. So it's, it's a very, it's, every single person is different and every single person is handed a toolbox and every single person gets a choice of what tools they're going to use to try to get, reach the goals that they have, which is one of the things I love about moderation management. Um, and why am I talking about this so openly? I, I realize how many people are scared to talk about this and the vulnerability issue for me. What do I have to lose? Really? Really? What do I have to lose? Am I, am I going to, you're going to never want to listen to me again. Are you going to think I'm a horrible, horrible sinning person? I mean, I grew up basically in a black and white environment where if you did drink that was bad that was sin you know that but that's a whole nother thing but I definitely understand black and white thinking in this area I've worked really hard to try to not assign it that kind of magical power I think it is a thing I need to work on and I think that I'm going to take all this work I've been doing with the podcast and all these people that I've been learning from all the interviews that I've had and I am going to put my money where my mouth is I am going to See, can play ground me. Can play ground me in a moment of an urge to drink because I'm experiencing massive anxiety. And I swear to you, I know now because I've been watching myself and I've been journaling and doing all the things you're supposed to do. I know now what triggers me to want a drink. I know the circumstances. I haven't quite given myself the tools to resist in the way that I want to. Um, I'm much better than I was before I started to do this work with myself, but I feel like I can go so much farther and I'm already healthier as a result of this. I'm already, my body is already healthier. I'm, I've been working with people. I've been working with the therapist. I've been working with a trainer who's practically a therapist. But one thing we haven't all tried is to turn play into a medicine in the way that, um, I don't want to say medicine because I'm not recommending anything that a doctor might have a problem with. So please, I'm not a doctor. But my medicine, my way of handling anxiety over the next 40 days of doing this, if I feel like I need to go overboard and have an extra drink than I should have, um, I am going to find a way to make that play. I've made a list of things that I find playful. 
And I'm going to go to that list as soon as I feel those urges. Little things like sitting down and forcing myself to read a novel, which I hardly ever do anymore, even though I love, of going for a walk outside with my dog, like little things like that. That's all for when I get home because I'm actually going to a place right now where I rarely even want to drink. Um, but this year I might because I'm going to be leading a 300-person village along with a couple of other mayors. And I've really had a lot of stress going into this. And that's the reason why I've dropped my 100 days of play. That's the reason why it's easier to pick up a glass of wine um, because it's just easy. It's just easy. It's easy to medicate ourselves in ways that are unhealthy. It's easy to go cook that thing of that pot of ramen and at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> it's, it's easy to do those things. It's not easy to change habits like that. Um, but what better time for me to start my moderate 40 than to go to a place where, yes, I will be experiencing stress. Um, when you don't, when you're not in charge of anything at Burning Man, it is one of the most carefree, fun, free-for-all adult playgrounds you will ever find. For me, it's probably not going to be that way this year. Um, so I am going to be exposed to play on a level that most people do not experience. I'm also going to be exposed to stress on a level that I'm not looking forward to. Um, there will be alcohol out there. Um, there will be opportunities to fall on my face and to not be consistent with my moderate 40. Um, but I'm going to, to work through my moderate 40 and my 100 days of play with you. So I'm starting today. It is August 22nd. I am going to be driving away from the Grand Sierra Resort onto the playa um, this afternoon. I'm gonna set up my little setup and get to work because I'm there to work. I'm setting up stuff <laughs> and I'm nervous. I'm really nervous. I couldn't sleep for the past couple nights because I was just so nervous about all the work and all the things that need to be done. Um, that's a recipe for disaster for me. That means that, oh, that's it's time to have a glass of wine. And I did last night. Um, but it did calm me down. And I sat there and looked at myself and went, I need to do this challenge. I need to be open and honest with a community of people. Um, being open and honest with you, like that reviewer said, I do like to be vulnerable, but this is going a lot farther than I ever would have thought. I'm a preacher's kid. I keep my vices to myself do not want to get in trouble, but I also realized if I'm experiencing this, I'm pretty sure, and this is what I learned from moderation management, I look around the room and I see people just like me, and I go, oh, well, other people are experiencing this too. And there are other really awesome, wonderful, accomplished people, um, people I would see as potential role models. In fact, they are because some of them I've just barely scratched the surface of meeting, but I know that these are going to be the kind of people um, that I want in my life. And I want people like you in my life. If you're someone who relates to what I'm saying, I'm not going to pretend like it's this big, bad, awful thing. It is actually. It could actually do really bad, harmful things to your body, which is why this is so important. But it doesn't make you a bad, awful person. And there are tools that we can use, and play is one of them. And playgrounding, can it ground us? Can it actually do the things that science says it can? Can it actually can it actually help me in this situation? I'm gonna find out. I've I, I hear a lot of things, I read a lot of things, I there are many, many articles out there about the power of play. I am going to put it to the test. So 
I'm going to be keeping an audio diary every day. I'm not going to necessarily mean make you have to listen to every single minute of it, um, and it's not going to be every episode. I'm still going to keep going with interviews, but um, I will share a little maybe auxiliary. Maybe I'll tack it on to interviews. I'm not quite sure yet, but I will keep you posted. Um, definitely I'll be talking about it on my um, – excuse me. I will be talking about it on my um, email, my weekly email that I put out. I did a little bit already. I didn't talk about moderation management, but I talked about how, yeah, sometimes life gets in the way and play is not a top priority until you create a brand new habit around it. And that's what I'm trying to do. That's what these challenges are for. That's what the 30-day fun challenge of Megan said or the 100 days of play and the moderate 40. These are ways to help us create new habits. They are tools. They are not there to condemn us if we mess up. They're not there to make us feel like horrible people. These are tools in my toolbox. And I'm taking two of them out. One is to bring play into my life at the same time as I try to remove a habit that has been destructive for me. And that I see now is that the core of a lot of the problems that I've been trying to solve. And until I solve this one, a lot of those other things are not going to fall into place, including fitness, including um, professional goals, that kind of thing. So... All that said, I'm going to shut up now, but I just need you guys to know, um, I don't know, if I'm going to talk about play, I'm going to make it real. And this is real for a lot of us, and we'll see how powerful play really is. All right, well, I will see you next week, and actually, I won't be there. I will be publishing it from the playa, from a little mechanism in the... Uh, in the interwebs that will publish it for me on the day of publishing with Doug Smith. And it's a, just a lovely, lovely conversation. You are going to love meeting this guy. He went out and did a challenge of his own to do as many sports as he could do in the, in the matter of, I think it was 90 days. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, no, he, yeah, you're going to be inspired after you hear this man's story. Thank you so much for being so amazing for your feedback, um, from, all the ways you've encouraged me and I have the courage to talk to you guys about this because of all of that. So if you have anything ever to share with me, um, you can share with me personally. You can write me an email at care at playgrounding.com. You can, you know, get in touch and I am more than willing to have a conversation that has nothing to do with publishing this podcast if any of this stuff resonates with you. Um, I, yeah, anyway, have a lovely week. Go out and do some, have some fun. Go come join me on the 100 Days of Play, um, and I will see you on the other side. Um, I'll be home sometime in the beginning of September, and who knows what's going to happen be between now and then. So have a lovely, lovely next couple of weeks. I'm going on vacation. Um, I love you guys. Bye. Bye.